0: This podcast is designed to show how we all sell by being human, and I'm really excited to highlight an event this summer that brings together salespeople who I believe are the very best at doing just that. This episode is brought to you by the Sales Success Summit, hosted by Scott Ingram, happening October 11th through 12th, 2021 in Austin, Texas. This is an event for sales professionals by the top sales professionals in B2B sales, I personally came to this event in 2019 as an attendee, and the amount of personal and professional growth I've obtained as a result of attending it is truly massive. I met my coach and mentor. I found job opportunities, met Scott, met people who helped me launch this podcast, networked into the current job that I love. I attended some phenomenal sessions, and I really met some lifelong friends. You may think the number one salespeople at their companies are arrogant or cocky. I actually found the exact opposite was true. This event is run by salespeople that aren't just the top 1% at their companies. They're some of the best human beings that I know. I'll be attending it in person. And if you want to meet me, come hang out. Come join me by signing up at top one, that's T-O-P, the number one dot FM, and tell them I sent you. All right, now to the show. All right, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I truly believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal. It requires you to create change. I think we all wanna be heard, seen, and understood. And the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us, they're not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang, I'm super excited. This is someone, you know, after my own heart, I I feel like she's putting out into the world the same vibe, the same kind of style of, of content that I like to put out. And she is across the pond, you know, as you might say, doing a lot of the the same sorts of stuff in sales and speaking about what being human in sales means. So she is a sales enablement leader for a company called Silverfin in London, England. She's been in sales for her entire career. She's a member of lots of sales communities, the Revenue Collective, Sales Enablement Squad. She also happens to be a podcast host at a great podcast where I first found her. And I just love the title. It's just the Stay Human Podcast with a purpose of really demystifying sales and what it means to be a great salesperson and being human in sales. So please welcome none other than Melvina el to the podcast. Welcome, Malvina.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. I absolutely love the podcast that we did together, and I'm just really excited to dive into our conversation. So much about, you know, staying human, being real and talking about all the good stuff in sales.
0: I love it. You know, I'm like, I always thought like there's so much sales content out there. This podcast is for people that are trained sales professionals. And there are also people that listen that are, you know, maybe they're just going about their days and how do I get a little bit better here and there? And I feel like there's so much content about, you know, sales methodologies and, and steps and you know discovery calls and needs analysis and demos but not uh, about just connecting with people and and outside of the even the business world just how do you focus on other people and everybody does it differently but there's some true fundamentals about it and and you put out a lot of great stuff about it so i'm hoping we can dig into a lot of it today i'll just give a you a a softball question i'm sure you can run with it cuz you you title your podcast similar to mine. So what's it mean to you to be human in sales? What is that that word? What first comes to mind when you, when you hear that term?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think if I look at how sales has changed over the last 10, 15, 20 years, it has changed a lot, right? Like how salespeople operate today or should operate today is very different to how they operated in the past. And I always say this, that in the past, our role as salespeople or as individuals was purely to be, you know, information givers, right? Because people didn't have access to all the information that they have access to today. I mean, let's face it, you buy a product, you buy a service, you go on Google, you read reviews, you ask your friends, right? You'll research it in in, in detail. And by the time you actually make that decision to, to purchase a product or a service, you're really more than halfway through your buyer's journey. And back in the day, obviously, you know, salespeople, they just had to give information. This product does this, it does that. Whereas today, the expectation on salespeople is so much different. And it's 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 higher, right? We're expecting our salespeople and to be more of consultants and actually to advise us because ultimately it's not information that we need. We have all the information it's the question of meaning, right? What does this mean? What does this translate into? How is this going to affect me? Is this relevant to my situation? And if so, we want to hear from a third person why, right? I always say it's so important to stay human and be human in all your sales interactions, because ultimately we are in a human to human business. We're dealing with other individuals. But the expectation is so much higher than it was in the past. It's no longer good just to provide someone with information, but you really have to give them that meaning. And if you're not human and you're not connecting on all the right levels, well then how can you give someone that meaning that they need? And I think if you if you look at any sales individual, especially you know, take it the SaaS space, right? Oftentimes, we're asking potential customers and potential buyers to change. And change is very difficult. It's hard. And you need someone to tell you why you should take that plunge, right? Why you should take that next step to change. Because you might have all the information, but you're not connecting the dots and you're not making it relevant to your particular situation. So I think it's all about adding meaning and really being meaningful in all your your conversations.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful answer. I love it because a lot of times people are just thinking their their jobs and sales and anything. They, they maybe step away from the term because they think like they're just not good about they can't close people. They can't win someone over. They can't, you know, it's just like, like there's some end point that we're getting to where when in reality it's less about, and we heard this from other guests and, you know, less about cultivating information. And it's more about really curating it and helping people understand it in, you know, giving people meaning. Sometimes people don't know really kind of what that really looks like. And so curious when you think of that on um, trying to help someone give meaning to something, are there things that you're, you know, really asking them, or are there things that you're really thinking about in terms of presenting to people cuz i'm i'm sure it it has to look different for everyone how they do that and it's a really fine line from going to helping to create meaning uh, versus someone thinking that you're just talking at them and and not really listening so you know curious kind of what you think about when you're doing it
1: i always say that actually listening and actively listening is probably one of the hardest things that we have to do, right? Because we can be listening to someone, but at the same time, we're thinking of the next thing that we're wanting to say. We're potentially thinking about something else, thinking what we're going to be doing on the weekend or not even being present in that moment. So I think for all salespeople, it really boils down to being truly present in that moment. And you know, when you're having that conversation with someone really listen. And I mean, really listen, you know, don't think about what's happening after. Don't think about the next meeting that you're potentially going to have to rush to or the next Zoom call that you're going to have to do, but really be present in that moment. And by being present in that moment and listening, right? Listening, just like, listen, look at the body language, look at what the person is saying to you. By doing that, you're going to be able to provide that meaning because you can't provide meaning without knowing the person's situation right? Then you're just guessing. Yeah. And oh. then you're potentially falling into that trap that a lot of salespeople fall into, which is I'll show up and I'll throw up. I'll give you all the information. I'll hope you'll you know sign at the end or I'll hope you'll take the next meeting with me. But you haven't really been present in that moment. And what you want to do is gather as much information as possible to understand the prospect's situation, right? You want to understand that other person's pain and in sales we talk so much about pain you know analyze the pain what is the pain uncover the need but the only real way that you can do that is yes ask thoughtful questions but then really listen and I always say you know you might get one answer you might get another answer but always ask yourself is there something else right Because just like if you're speaking to a friend who maybe has some sort of a problem and finally you're saying, okay, tell me what's really wrong. They'll tell you something and you're like, okay, that's fine. But what is it really? And then they'll open up. And I feel a lot of times with customers, you almost also have to take that approach. Don't always take that first answer that you get as that's it. Try to always go that one step further to really understand all the different elements that are at play.
0: It makes me think of, yeah, sometimes we think we stop short of, of really diving underneath and really diving and really getting them to kind of unload on yeah. you. And you think, yeah, like, you know, if someone says to you, yeah, this is a real pain point. This is a real problem for us. This is a real issue for us. And they explain what the issue is. And sometimes people go, wow, great. Like, Okay, so this is a problem for you. Yes. Okay. And then you move right on. It's like instead of you acknowledge their problem, right? You acknowledge their problem or pain, but you don't uncover it. You don't really find it. You know, you have to let them voice it um, instead of you just confirming it. So whenever that happens, I'm always like, Yeah, you know, yeah, tell me more about that, or or how's that really look for you, or what happens when that happens, or sounds like that's costing you a lot here? No. Or You know, what, (laughs) tell me more about what that's doing for you. So, you know, I I always like that because people will, like, people want to to vent and they need someone to listen to them. They're eager for it, but sometimes we don't give them that opportunity. What do you think?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think you also have to build that element of trust and credibility in the beginning, right? Because, you know, let's face it, not everyone is going to open up to you in that first meeting. They're seeing you for the very first time. Unless you build that trust, that credibility, and you come through really being genuine, you have that opportunity and possibility to really uncover what's what's truly going on. And I think salespeople always have to be emotionally aware, right? Be emotionally aware of the situation, of how the other person is engaging with you. Because one person might open up to you. The other person might need some some more time, right? Potentially could happen in the in that next meeting. And I think as salespeople, we need to be so emotionally aware to also read the situation. You know, is it appropriate for me to ask maybe that one more question? Is it appropriate for me to maybe push a little bit more to see if, if I can uncover more of what the real trouble is? And I think, you know, emotional intelligence in the world of sales cannot be underestimated because the worst thing that you want to do is to annoy that customer, right? Or come across as, you know, you're there, you're asking all the questions, right? And it it almost feels like you're doing it for your own benefit rather than for theirs. And I think people can sniff out if someone isn't being genuine. People can tell if you don't have their best interests at heart, if you're there, just because you need to sell or you need to reach your quota, or it's the end of the month or the end of the quarter. And I think coming across genuine before you even engage in any conversation is is crucial.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. So I want to do a little bit of a, a, a backup. You know, sometimes people may think like these skills, right? They're listening like, okay, what are the okay, I get it. Of course. Yes. Be genuine. You got to listen, you know, be empathetic. And they're like, yeah, I'm, I always think about that stuff. And some people will sometimes say like that's some of these, like some people call human skills, power skills. I don't like the term soft skills because I think some of these things take a lifetime to to work on and develop self awareness, curiosity, authenticity, <laughs> genuineness, and being a good listener. You know, are there things that you think like, yourself, if you looked back on even before you, you know, had your first uh, quote unquote sales job, like when you kind of noticed that, you know, because you were doing certain things, people would pay more attention to you or they gave you more time or they, they leaned into you, whether it was when you were a kid or doing maybe a, an odd job. Cause I feel like we're all doing these things without giving ourselves credit for doing them. You know, we think it's yeah. like some hard thing to learn and to really grasp, but we don't actually do enough work to look at ourselves and say, okay, what was I doing when people actually were really paying attention closely?
1: I think a perfect example here is actually my five-year-old who will ask me the question, why? About 40 times a day, right? It could be any scenario. And the next question that's coming is, why? And, you know, as a mom, you think you've given him the answer, right? And then there'll be another why. And you're like, okay. And then you start thinking, but why are you asking me this? And I think kids are such a perfect example of something that we actually lose as we get older, right? Yes, we're five. You know, we ask why, why, why 10, 20 times for every single question. And as adults, and as we grow and we go through formal education, we lose that element of that natural curiosity, right? And I think every sales coach, sales author, they all talk about, you have to be curious, right? You have to be curious and ask questions. And I think those best conversations really come when you almost, you know, let loose a little bit. Like if I don't know something, I will ask you, right? Because how many situations have we been in with a customer where they're telling us something and we're like. I'm going to have to go back to the office or go back to my, you know, PC and, and, and do some research on this because I don't necessarily have all the answers. You know, I don't know why, why this is this way and, and, and not any other way. And I think as salespeople, we just need to, to really let loose and almost go back to our toddler years when we were more curious and we didn't necessarily have this fear of, if I ask, what is that person going to think of me? right? Mm -hmm. And I think so many conversations get shorter and shorter and shorter because we're so self-aware and we're thinking, well, I don't want to come across as less credible. I don't want to come across as a person that doesn't necessarily have all the answers, right? We all want to position ourselves as we have all the answers, you know, I'm here to help you with everything. And I think we need to go back a little bit and try to be more curious But you're right. You know, many times people say, well, you know, we talk about being human and yes, we talk about listening and it almost sounds like a no brainer, but put someone in a situation and suddenly all of these things that we think are obvious, right? We forget about, they disappear. You know, I've been in conversations where I've talked over someone. I wasn't really listening. I was thinking about the next thing that I'm going to ask, even though I know and I knew Yes, you have to listen. You know, you have to be genuine genuinely curious. And I think with anything, you need to practice. And even something, you know, as basic as be genuine, ask questions, listen, right? Come across as your true self. If you don't practice that in, in everyday conversations and it doesn't necessarily have to be with customers, you're not going to get better, right? Because we all have certain habits, we all have certain Traits. And if that doesn't come naturally to you, well, you're not going to get better if you don't practice, right? And I'll give you a perfect example for that. If you ever go to a meeting with someone from product, okay, that conversation with a customer looks completely different. And I'm sure we've all been in situations where we're like, okay, hold on, you're going into too much detail. Okay, hold on, he doesn't really need to know that, right? And suddenly you feel like you're in this avalanche of information and you're trying to bring the information back, right? They're giving all the information, but they haven't been trained or they haven't practiced, you know, all the skills that we preach and teach and talk about in the world of sales. And then you see, you know, how relatable are they to the customer?
0: Yeah, they people aren't listening. Yeah.
1: It happens all the time. If you take someone who, you know, is an engineer, right? completely different conversation. Why? Because they're thinking detail. You know, they're thinking facts. They're thinking figures versus us, you know, trying to really have that deep understanding, provide meaning, uncover, you know, the pain or the gap and really understand the situation.
0: Yeah. When I hear from what you just say, a lot of times I think that people can can think about this and just kind of take away that they can like pause and kind of slow things down. Not everything needs to be delivered quickly or that people aren't expecting you to yeah, know everything. You know, yeah, if you kind of take away some of your power a little bit and kind of saving everything because it's like, I feel like sometimes when we do know everything, we we feel like, okay, we know more than the customer. The customer needs us to educate them and and needs us to to tell them things. And you're in this position of power when, you know, you can kind of Like, ratchet it down if you kind of like try to get on their level again, like, meet them where they are and and kind of like not kind of have to come across as knowing everything, but then let them ask so much better when people are like, Do you have this or can you tell me about this? than you just telling them, talking at them and getting that out.
1: And I also think from an enablement perspective, especially if you're joining a new industry. Or, you know, if you're joining something completely new that, you know, you've potentially never worked in before, you're selling a SaaS products, right? How are you going to really be that amazing, you know, salesperson? Yes. Yeah. You have to know your product. You have to know what it does. But I think the fundamentals of it really lie in understanding the industry, understanding the landscape from the customer's point of view, right? Our products and services, they solve a particular need, but that needs need stems from something. And I think it's so important understanding that landscape that you're stepping into, especially in the early days. And the only way that you're really going to, to be able to do that, yes, you can read research reports. Yes, you can go on Google, right? But let's face it, the best information you get from the people that ultimately you're trying to position your product and service to. And how are you going to uncover that? You know, you have to be curious, right? Like, you know, walk me through what's been happening in your industry, right? In the last five years. Yes, you might have done some reading, validate it with them. Because ultimately, you know, they're in the trenches, right? They're doing it day to day. We're just coming with something that can maybe make it slightly better. But we need to understand that landscape from them um, first and foremost.
0: Yeah. And tell me a little bit about your role. Kind of your a lot of people may not know all there is about like sales enablement. How is it different okay. than sales training uh, or just like the term training? How is it different than leadership and development and that sort of thing? So in your mind, kind of what are the the tenets of of sales enablement making it really, yeah. really effective and being human in that approach? Cause I believe that there's a lot of ways that you know sales enablement can be done. Um, when you connect to other reps on a one-to-one basis and one-to-many, and also ways that maybe you could speak to what you think, like what it would look like to be really ineffective process.
1: So I always joke, you know, try explaining your job and your career to your grandmother, right? Or sometimes even your parents, right? Like it will take you a while before they actually fully understand what you do. And I feel like sales enablement is one of those things, you know? Every single person that I speak to that potentially isn't aware has a slightly different definition of what sales enablement is, right? And I've heard everything from the likes of, you create the great PowerPoints, right? Or you work with marketing, or you will deliver the training content, or you will tell us, you know, what we potentially need. And I think sales enablement, especially now, if you look at, you know, the last two years, there, there has been a huge in the need for sales enablement. And I think the best way that I can describe it is the link between all the different functions in the organization. How many times as a salesperson you say, marketing doesn't give us what we need, right? Marketing doesn't produce the things we need to have impactful conversations with with our customers. And the way that I look at sales enablement is really that link between yes, marketing, yes, product, and also linking all the individual units together. So whether it's the SDRs, the AEs, the customer success, and really looking at it holistically and answering the question, what do these individuals need to really be able to excel in their roles? And yes, it could boil down to content, in which case then you're working very closely with marketing, right? You're, You're analyzing what the needs are and making sure that we're able to deliver that. And also understand the why, you know, why is it that you're asking for that particular thing? If you're looking at startups or scale-ups, the last thing you want is everyone to be trained in a slightly different way, right? There's a way of doing sales. There's a way in which we want to communicate with our customers. There's a brand we want to maintain and a reputation we want to uphold. So you want to look at how can we train all these individual units so that At the end of the day, you know, we're an orchestra, like we're performing together. We're all in tune. We're all trained in the same way. We know what the principles are. If I'm an SDR and I'm doing prospecting, I'm fully aware of what the pitch is. And I fully know what to hand over to the AE who is then fully equipped with whatever they need to make that successful discovery with with the customer. And then finally, you know, when you look at customer success, the last thing you want is just things to be thrown over the fence to them, right? And they're kind of, they're picking up the pieces. So I think it's really about equipping everyone with the tools, materials, content, resources, to really make sure that they're able to excel and, you know, be absolute rock stars in their roles.
0: Awesome. I love that answer. I ask everybody kind of like things that you might, you know, kind of Tips that people could walk away with and and just kind of general frameworks of sales. And if you separate out someone who is a quote unquote non-sales salesperson, somebody that, you know, doesn't have sales in their title, maybe they're in customer success, maybe they're in marketing, maybe they're in graphic design, who knows? They could be in any walk of life. Some things that you would urge them to consider when you know trying to persuade or convince someone of something. What are some things? fundamentals and and maybe take the trained salesperson, like what you do for enablement. How do you get somebody that's been doing it a while to maybe think differently and, and are some of those things the same? And we talked about them a little bit, but what are some like brief takeaways that you would have for those two audiences, do you think?
1: That's a great question. I think you're going to like this one. I think we are all in sales, right? Whether we know it or not, we are all in sales. And, you know, you mentioned customer success and ultimately customer success is sales. Why? Because they have that deep relationship with the customer. They understand their journey. They understand their struggles. They understand what they're trying to achieve, what their objectives are. And yes, as salespeople, we grasp these along the, you know, the buyer journey. But really when you get to customer success, like you build that deep, Relationship on the back of which you can upsell, right? Or you can position different products because you see the need and you see where things fit in. So I think my first advice to everyone is to realize that we are all in sales because ultimately we're trying every day, right? To persuade someone to do something that they might not necessarily want to do. You know, look at your home environment, right? Look at the environment with your colleagues when you ask your colleague to do something and i think that's the first realization for people who are in non-sales specific roles and i think you mentioned graphic designers just as an example right i think ultimately if we look at sales as this you know business of being human to human and human interactions we are always interacting with with other individuals and it's also about how we're positioning ourselves right how we want the world to see us And receive us. And I think, regardless of what role and and career you are in, you have to be so, so mindful of that, right? People make first impressions very quickly. And oftentimes, first impressions are very difficult to change. And especially in sales, right? Like that first impression, it could be the make or break. Someone in eight seconds can say, I like him or I don't like him right? And then on the back of that, make a lot of decisions <laughs> that could either you know, help you or, or or go against you. But I think regardless of the career and regardless of that walk of life that you're in, those first impressions, the way you present yourself, I think that goes for everyone.
0: I agree. I mean, sometimes um, I've heard it say, okay, well, you don't have to be liked in sales for people to buy from you. It's It's really about, can you solve their problem? And can you discover it and find the problem and create meaning and all the stuff that we talked about earlier on. But, you know, I think all that stuff becomes a whole lot easier. You're not trying necessarily to be liked, but you are conscious of how you're being perceived and you're conscious about how, you know, you're being received because I mean, let's face it, people are going to make judgments and they're right or wrong. Like their opinion of you is, and what you have is going to be framed of how you present yourself. And if it's, other focused, if it's service focused, if it's really like, man, this Alex is really like pausing and it seems like he's really trying to get me. Malvina is really like asking me follow up questions here. Like, you know, even if you had a deficiency, it's not like you can have no product knowledge, but even if you had a slight deficiency, all that stuff that, you know, just kind of human focused stuff will mask a lot of things In in my yeah. opinion. I don't know.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think also in sales, we talk about know, like, and trust. People will buy from you, right? If they know, if they like, and if they trust you. And I think, yes, if potentially you're the only product in the market that solves that particular need, no one else exists. Okay, fair enough. You know, potentially you don't have to be liked and potentially that doesn't matter. But if you look at any product or service, you're never the only one right? There's always competition, right? Smaller, bigger, but you're always competing against someone. If it's not your product, well, they can go for another product. And if it's not that product, they can go for the third product, right? And you're also looking at ways in which you can differentiate yourself. And yes, obviously having a strong product helps, but Alex, if I don't like you, I would probably go and speak to that competitor down the line and see what they have to offer. And if they're able to solve my need, then, hey, I rather give my business to someone that I really
0: enjoy like. working with. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I enjoy working with. Right. And I think as salespeople, we also have to be mindful of customers are on a journey, right? We're on a journey and we're on a journey with them, but they're on a journey. They're on a journey of discovery, right? Of awareness of, you know, learning what really is going on of, coming to the realization that, hey, a solution exists, then coming to this realization where, you know, they have to make a choice, right? And when you give someone options, there's always a choice. You know, people always have a choice choice to make and you, ultimately you want them to lean in your favor, but you want to do things right along the way so that when that choice is presented to them, they're like, you know what? I want to go with Alex. He's been really understanding. You know, he listened to the challenges that we have. He's asked great questions. Heck, he's even taught us something we didn't know, right? We want to work with him. And, you know, people no longer want just this transactional sale where it's, you know, maybe if it's a product, shoes, Coca-Cola, you know, you go to the supermarket, that's fine, right? But for, for services, very rarely is it transactional, right? Because the relationship doesn't end when the customer signs the contract. And who are they going to remember a year down the line? They're always going to remember you. You're going to be that first person. So mm-hmm. that entire experience has to be has to be great for them.
0: yeah. I like what you said. like there's a lot of things in between that choice that's made at some point they have to make it. and they, every interaction builds on itself. You know it's not just yeah. kind of like one thing you're thinking of every single time, even if you don't think you're selling, you know your impression is, causing some type of influence in, in their minds one way or the other. And so, yeah, just being mindful of that, of that, I think, you know, taking a pause and like, okay, how will they, you know, how will I be received if I do this action? Is it too much? Am I bombarding them with information or am I actually, you know, helping them discover something new and kind of like pausing to, to ask yourself that?
1: Exactly. And also, if you look at it from, you know, the perspective of you've sold someone a product or a service they are now say with the customer success team and things don't go as planned and they decide hypothetically to cancel their contract right for for whatever reason they are very likely to actually remember you as the person who sold them that product or service than anyone else in the journey even potentially that last individual that maybe interacted with them why because you were the one that you know positioned it to them, right? You said, well, you have a challenge. I have the answer to your challenge, right? This is what you need. This is going to help you. And I think for salespeople, even maintaining that relationship post-signature, and I'm not saying, you know, check in on a weekly basis, but every quarter to send the customer a message to say, you know, I've heard you're up to this, or, you know, I heard you've onboarded successfully. I'm really rooting for you in the background. I want you to be successful. I would love that. It really goes back to that element of being genuine, and it doesn't stop at the minute that the customer signs.
0: A good point that you mentioned that Alex. you you don't think about that enough because you're like, okay, this person, you know, in our business too, yeah, they do go to a different team once they do sign, and you know, some people may just kind of look to the next one, right? But Anyone that's making an investment in their business, investment in time into me, you know I want to give that back to them. Like even though I'm not, you know, I don't get any financial credit like uh, right away, that doesn't mean that that person can't ever be like a value to me or I can't ever yeah. be a value to them, you know, in a different capacity, in a different job, in a referral capacity, there's all sorts of capacities where you can, where those relationships can continue and and should, and we view them as really infinite, you know, interactions, not just like you said earlier, like transactions, one-time events.
1: And you can also look at, you know, from the perspective, say, an example of you've been placed in a particular role by a recruitment agency, right? A recruiter has reached out to you on LinkedIn, right? They have placed you in in you know a new sales role. How nice would it be? For that recruiter to get in touch with you six months down the line and say, Alex, how's that role going for you? Wouldn't that make you, oh my gosh, I'm not just a number. I'm not just someone, you know, random that they have placed. They actually care about me. And I get it. We are all busy, right? We are all juggling so many things. And yes, trying to be successful in our roles and our jobs. And if you're in sales, you know, you're reaching a quota right you're trying to hit your target and it's easy to forget those things but that all goes back to that element of being human
0: yeah people like again they it, it doesn't feel like icky they don't feel like they were just being used i mean they were they feel like yeah this person the sale was just a residual of what all these things that he were he was doing and she was paying so much attention to me that you know i know that no matter what i could i i, I want to go to the, her for advice because malvina you know i trust her i even like sometimes you 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 always get people i always get people go you know oh i don't i know i'm probably taking so much of your time where i know like i don't want to waste your time or hey I'm Malvina, like you've been so great i feel terrible that we've been through all yeah. these calls and i'm like that's really how i approach things like i'm here for you i'm here to serve you i mean There's obviously a difference of just like someone just kind of like you not getting anything in return for your time. That's something completely different. But you know, I'm always like, I mean, I'm here to help you at the end of the day reach your your goals, right? So if you know if we're on on that understanding, then let's do this. You know, so it's not a waste of time at all.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, one other thing that I also always say is self reflection. We don't do it often enough. You know, we usually celebrate the wins, right? If there's something that didn't go well, you know, we try to forget about it quite quickly. But as salespeople, we all have those customers that we have maintained that relationship with, right? That we actually do keep in touch. And I think every single salesperson has a handful of customers, if not more, that have become good friends, right? Good acquaintances, you know, people we always wish Merry Christmas and, you know, Happy Holidays to. And the challenge or the ask, I think for everyone, is think back to all those relationships that you have with these customers that you are still friends with till today. And what has led you there, right? How did that happen? What was it? What did you do differently that maybe you're not doing with the others? But that element of, you know, self-reflection, thinking of, you know, what makes relationships work? What makes people tick, right? Why we are still in contact, you know, why we continue talking, that there must be something. You know, it could boil down to he found me interesting or she found me interesting and I found him or her to be interesting as well. And because of that, I'm interested in continuing that conversation. But do a little bit of, you know, self-reflection, which I think in our busy lives, it is a big ask.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's so important, too, because we we might take it for granted. Like they are special, like they're not going to happen with everyone. You have that connection with certain people. And, you know, I think, you you know, when you pause and go, okay, what happened? Maybe we had something in common. I, I feel like every person could eventually if we talk long enough, we could probably find something in common. Even if it's like three or four or five things, like, you know, we've been to certain places, like you've been somewhere in the world that I've been, or you've liked uh, a a certain type of music that I like, or you have read a book that I've read. I mean, there's so many connection points there. If we, if we want to really like try, right. Like you just have to kind of look for it, I think. And we're so much more connected than not.
1: And it also goes back to slowing down, right? We love to rush. We lead busy lives. And I try to do this myself, which is just you know slow down, right? Not everything has to be a rush. And if you're rushing, the other person senses it, right? But if you if you slow down, you are actually able, yes, to have more meaningful conversations, to interact in a different way you know, to be perceived differently and just slowing down helps as well.
0: I agree. I, you know, I have to practice it. I mean, it's not like you're being lazy or you're coming across like you don't know something, but it's just being a lot more thoughtful and intentional about how you go, about your days, your presentations, your interactions with people. Yeah. You know, kind of slow down and let your mind really process what's going on is a great, great tip um Malvina I, I, you know we're kind of getting close to the end i i asked people a fun question i could talk with you for a while about this before i ask a question maybe i'll ask you another one what is your hope for sales cuz i've asked this to a couple of guests but since you've had the stay human podcast what you're putting out into the world and really profiling how people are doing these things cuz i believe like all of our guests like they're practicing these things in different ways maybe they're following Similar principles in a lot of ways, but they're actually applying them in so many different ways. So, what have you learned from your guests, and what is kind of your hope for how sales changes going forward in the future of how it stays human?
1: That's a great question, and it's an interesting one. I think if we look at, say, LinkedIn, right, and the sales voices that we hear, I would love to see more females actually have a voice in sales. I think we hear some, but not many. Historically, yes, sales has been very male-dominated, right? That has changed a lot. But I still feel women don't necessarily have the voice and maybe aren't seen and heard in the same way as other, you know, male counterparts are. And also to give space, you know, to also young thought leaders within sales, right? People who have great ideas, who are potentially sharing out content, but maybe it's not being noticed, right? Because it's not picked up by the algorithm. It's not getting, you know, the right interaction. So really seeing, you know, a fresh wave of thought leadership in the sales space come out or come forward. And and that's something that I hope to see in the years to come. But with all the guests that I've had on my podcast and all the great people like yourself, you know, that I've had the pleasure to have on the podcast and to speak to. I think what I've learned is the principles that we all talk about are the same, right? It's just how you say it, right? Potentially the philosophy behind it. We all get it, right? We we all say the same things. It's just a matter of how we're saying it, how we're positioning it, and ultimately highlighting that, hey, you know, the world has evolved so much, right? You know, you had door-to-door sales, you had telephone sales, then you've had email, you know, now we're in this crazy age of social media and videos and messages and, you know, new ways of communicating, whether it's, you know, Instagram, TikTok, you know, whatever. Potentially not all of those outlets are applicable to, to every single industry, but we need to move with the times. We cannot be stuck in one place. We always need to continue learning. And, and that is what I see, you know, the most successful people, the most successful sales individuals are the ones that are continuously learning. Like they are the ones that are, you know, saying, well, Lena, what's that new book that you read that you mentioned the other week, right? I want to read it. I want to learn something new so always be learning you know always continue developing yourself don't stop and as salespeople, we sometimes fall into this trap where we think we know it all right oh I know it already like another training I'm not gonna listen because I know it already right and we've all been there we've all done it but just to be open and 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 to continue learning growing and, and not stopping.
0: That's why I started this, because I think with every person I talk to, you pick up something, you pick up an approach, you pick up a way they say something, and you make it your own. And that's staying human. It's really being able to blend what you know you to be and what you said earlier about self-reflecting and being able to learn from the people around you and being able to connect to them in new ways. So I li- I like it. This is a, you know, a, a fun question I ask every guest. And because... We have uh, these unique experiences that maybe someone listening can connect to you on. And it's this question. It's, if there was you know, something or an event, if I say, if, if something could only or would only happen to Malvina, I'll say, what would that one thing be? And if I, another way to think of it is like, if I asked your husband, your family, it's like, that thing is so totally Malvina, what would that thing or that event be?
1: So I have a slightly different answer to your, okay. to your question. What I've noticed over the years is if I if I set my mind to something, and probably this happens for a lot of us, right? But I might say, you know, I want to live in London, or I might say I want to have a podcast. And I might mention it in a conversation. And then a year, you know, six months later down the line, that thing actually happens. And, you know, I think that's it but i think that goes back to you know setting intentions and being very meaningful with you know the things that you're setting out to do but honestly i don't know how it happens and i don't know how it works but if if i think about something that i want somehow in the in the near not so distant future that thing happens So I don't know, maybe that's something that that just happens to Malvina, or maybe it's something that happens to all individuals, you know, who dream big, who think of something and, and really put their minds to it, even though you think, well, I'm not dedicating so much time to it, or I'm not actually making strides, but actually you are somewhere in the subconscious.
0: Wow. I love that answer. That's great. Yeah. Some people get, you know, uh, very kitschy, funky, funny answers, but that's, it is funny, but it's like, okay, you know, I would also trip on, okay. a, you know, on a
1: flat surface. <laughs> okay.
0: Tripping on a flat surface. That's another good one. But I, I'd like to also stick with the, the first one too. That's a talent that rarely many people have. So keep honing that. Malvina, where can people connect to you and make jokes about you tripping on flat surfaces and finding you... <laughs> after this now is done.
1: going to become a thing. So my number one go-to source, we were talking about social media, but for me, it has to definitely be LinkedIn. That is the source where I connect with great individuals. So if you've enjoyed listening to this episode and would love to connect, I would definitely love hearing from you and you can find me on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Now, V and I all of your stuff in the notes. Thank you so, so much for uh, jumping on today. It's uh, always a joy to talk to you and let's keep doing what we're doing. Uh, even ponds away, big oceans away.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed the conversation.
0: All right. I'll talk to you later. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review that helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans and this podcast is proof. All right, see you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.